It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand why you're the voice. This is the merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo. Some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. The following episode was originally published on Open Shutters, a creepy podcast on July 22nd, 2021. We moved it to Open Shutters Goes to the Movies, and it's no longer available on Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Hope you all enjoy it. Vampires, ghosts, crazed slashers, werewolves, open shutters goes to the movies. Hey, Creepsters, I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And this is a special bonus episode of Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. You know, Philip and I were talking, we're thinking about spinning off Open Shutters goes to the movies into its own format, its own thing, its own podcast. Yeah, we'd still keep it to the theme, but we haven't decided yet. We haven't decided, but we would keep to the theme that we have in the regular show would still be the theme in the movie. But I'd kind of like to be able to, re- be able to review all types of different movies. I'd love to do Breakfast at Tiffany's. Why don't you do that with somebody <laughs> else? I want to do creepy shit. You know, I, mean, we do creepy I want shit, all creepy shit. But I only have three podcasts, you know? Anyway, it doesn't have to all be creepy Commit shit. Commit to this one. <laughs> it does not have to be all creepy shit, Philip. It can be. That's creepy. me. I'm all creepy shit, okay? You don't like other kind of movies? I'm okay with certain others, but not everything. What about some I'm of the more class- about creepy movies. Huh? Classics and things like that. I don't know. I know. I know somebody would be better for that. Well, anyway, we. Who? I know. I know somebody. I won't pick the name on air, but you know who I speak of. Oh, you're talking about... Okay, I know I know who you mean. It's the Virgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he very actually... Well, very he well actually versed. would be good with that. We'd have to do a remote since he lives like a thousand miles away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can ask him. He would yeah, be like, I could. He might be... He might but be I still want to do the creepy shit with him. Anyway. So, oh, uh, well, this one's a creepy one. This is... Uh, <laughs> this coincides with our open road, Hollywood, homicide... Uh, Highway. Highway homicide. Death Hollywood on homicide. the open well, this road. Is a Highway homicide. This is a Hollywood homicide because it's yeah, a it film. Is. It's a movie. And this is a 2001 a film called Joyride. It was directed by John Dahl, written by J.J. Abrams. You know him of, uh, like, he's written a lot of different TV oh, gosh, shows he's and stuff. Everything. And Clay Tarver. And it's starring Steve Zahn, Paul Walker. Lily Zobieski, Zobieski, and um, vocals by Ted Levine of Buffalo Bill fame. From yep. Buffalo Bill from from Silence of the Lambs. We only hear his voice. We don't see him. So our movie opens where um, young man. By the name of uh, Lewis Thomas is talking to his girlfriend 
Uh, Vanna uh, Wilcox, play, uh, Lewis is played by Paul Walker, the late, great Paul Walker. And uh, Lee Lee plays Vanna. And he gets this uh, this phone call while he's on the road. He's supposed to pick up Vanna, and they're supposed to go, what is it, like a spring break trip or something? Yeah. And he has to go to Salt Lake City to pick up his really, really screwed up older brother. Right. <laughs> Fuller, played by Steve Zahn. I love Steve Zahn, though. Yeah, he's been arrested again. He's, he's I guess, like, like, like really uh, a problem child from the word go. And so they go to the gas station, and Fuller wants... He, he goes and he buys... Oh, first of all, he buys... Before he goes to pick up Fuller, he buys this really cool 1971 Chrysler Newport. You know, in all these movies, they always have to have a car from the 60s or the 70s, sometimes the 80s. But they always had <laughs> yeah. these older cars. What? I mean, that older cars were built well. I mean, it goes back to that real era of the auto making and the auto work and the real quality of the craftsmanship. Yeah, and, and you know, it's all Detroit machinery. Yeah, I mean, that's... That was before Honda and, and Kia and Toyota and all that. It's back when people made vehicles, not machines. Yeah, sometimes... Let's get real. You know, I used to have an abstract... <laughs> Uh, I used to apply these abstract thinking to cars, and they had faces, like the eyes with the you know with the headlights and the grill with the teeth, right? And like, um, oh, like Christine, the, the, I always thought the the those Plymouths from '57 and '58 had an angry looking face. So they pro really chose to do when they chose that '58 Plymouth. That is a scary car. <laughs> beautiful car but it's a scary car yeah i could believe it as a monster car i like to do that movie sometimes too maybe when we spin off and we don't have to really keep in with a certain theme all the time why you hating on my theme? there's no such thing as too much why structure. you hating on my, my theme because i'm not hating on your themes i'm just like kind of branch a little bit you know do something different we are gonna branch you got to give it a moment yeah, but it doesn't have to have the same theme as what we run in on the on the regular podcast yeah, we can do different things, you know? Anyway. You delight in chaos. Huh? You delight it's not in chaos. chaos. I'm picking at you. It's not <laughs> chaos. But it, I'm, I got to said there's such a thing as being too too much structure. Anyway, getting back to our movie. Wow. See, that wasn't any structure at all, <laughs> So he goes to a gas station and he has a CB radio installed. Do you remember those? Or were you were you even born when they were popular? They oh, were come on. I still knowing about all this, okay? They were popular back in the 70s. They were really, I'd say their their, um, the peak of their popularity would have been around 1976 when that song Convoy came out. Yeah, but I mean, they still had an allure going They even have a movie version with Chris Christopherson and Ali McGraw of Convoy. And so, um, he has a CB radio which truckers still use. They don't really use so much. What was the brand? They said the brand. Wasn't it like a Cherokee something? Oh, was it Cobra? Cobra was a big no, brand. No, no. It was Cherokee something. I forget what it was. I forget what the brand was. But anyway, yeah, they showed the brand of the radio, yeah. He has a CB like, radio installed, and they begin listening to the truck, truckers talking and everything. And Then Fuller co coaxes Lewis into playing a tr prank on a trucker named Rusty Nail. That was the voice of Ted Levine. Yes. And, uh, and he asked him to pretend to be a woman named Candy Cane. Candy Cane? That's kind of ironic because Ted Levine played this 
with this psycho transgender and uh, <laughs> silence of the lambs was totally against type. So anyway, Lewis is, you know, he's, he, he, he's doing this. It doesn't sound like a woman's voice to me. It's not like a man trying to be a woman. And he sets up a meeting in a, in a hotel in Wyoming. And Lewis and Fuller spend the night. Now, um, when Fuller is in the box office, he sees this really nasty guy. I mean, this real garbage guy. And he gets really, you know, racist. He, he makes racist remarks to the Indian clerk. And he's just really total, total asshole. Wasn't he a total dick? Douchebag. Douchebag. So, Fuller gets a bright idea to play a trick on Rusty Nail and have Lewis pretending to be Candy Cane tell him to meet at that guy's room. And they sit right. in the room right next door. So they're listening, you know, they're waiting for midnight. Rusty Nail shows up. They hear commotion in the next room. And then nothing. Oh, yeah, and he brought that pink champagne. Yeah, man. the pink champagne. Told him to bring cheap pink champagne. <laughs> that figures up in the thing later in the story. So anyway, um, they hear the scuffle, and then, and then it's the quiet. Fun. So yeah. next morning, there's police all around. Yep. It turns out that they found this guy on the highway... With his lower jaw ripped off. And Lewis said, they told the sheriff what they did. And of course the sheriff gets, you know, he kind of, um, he kind of chides them over it. But they don't really, they don't really get in any trouble. They anything. even take him to the hospital and they see the guy. Yeah, they Ooh. took him, yeah, that, I think it scared him. Yeah. So they get back on the road and they hear Rusty Nail again and he's still looking for Candy Cane. Still looking for Candy Cane. And then Lewis finally reveals him that he's Candy Cane and then the guy. So Rusty Nail demands an apology, but Fuller tells him he's a dick and an asshole and a psycho. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so then he then uh, says, "Well, you know, you should get your tail light fixed." You see, earlier a cop had pulled him over and told him his tail light was out. That's how they knew Rusty Dale was right behind him. So they they go they go to the nearby gas station and they try to contact the sheriff, and they see the uh, truck pull into the gas station. They scream. And flee the scene. And the truck starts chasing them. And he chases them. And they, 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 they wind up getting cornered into this like little gate kind of thing. And it turns out that the trucker was an ice driver. And he, you know, driver of an ice truck. And he was bringing Lewis back his credit card. Yeah, he had left he his left, credit card yeah. at the gas station. So they're finally relieved when a big old 18-wheeler comes and just... Plows right into the ice truck. Oh no! Just Probably spli- killing spli- the killing the ice truck guy. Yeah. At least spliced it in half. It looked like. And uh, yeah. So um. So then they uh, he drives away and he and he tells him that it's, you know, ha ha ha. He finally Fuller finally apologizes to him and he goes. He drives away saying his actions are simply a joke. He's Joe. He's 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 like getting even with him. So they go to the University of Colorado and they pick up Vanna, played by Lily Sabowski. Did I say that right? Lily Sabowski. Sabowski. And they stop in the motel and Lewis falls asleep and Rusty Nail calls the room, revealing that he has noticed that Vienna has joined him. So he's going by. He's saying like, "Oh, yeah, I thought there was no girl. Have a girl with you. I thought there was no girl. Yeah." 
So when they uh, leave the hotel, Rossinelle contacts them again, and they hear girls crying and screaming. And it turns out it's Vienna's friend Charlotte. And then he, he and then he directs them to cornfield where they split up, and there's this big old scene where the truck is chasing them through the cornfield, which is pretty scary. Do you find that a little bit creepy? That, no, that was. I did love how there was just that great little, like, the little rav irrigation ravine or whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, they jumped in that in the truck road. That little thing that they could just jump and in and the truck would go over them, yeah. Yeah, right, right over them without realizing. Wasn't, wasn't that lucky? <laughs> well, for then, yeah. So, uh, Rusty Nail then sets up another meeting, and he winds up kidnapping Venna. He winds up, he winds up get, grabbing her. Oh, yeah, he grabs her in the cornfield, yeah. So he he grabs them in the cornfield and then he sends them a um, a message telling them that to meet him in a, in another motel with room seventeen. But he doesn't give them the motel; he just gives them the town. Ah, oh, sorry, everybody. Uh, we were just interrupted by Alba Raz, uh, something about a candy machine at work. Uh, didn't mention it earlier, but. Um, our Roz is now working with me at the adult video place. Yes. And he wanted a picture of a candy machine that we put, we we're we're installing in there. They slinging that smut. Yeah. Now yes. where were we on the movie? Okay, okay. Wait, they he had abducted Venom from the cornfield, and then you and they told them, and, and that's where I was just slightly correct. Oh, he told them to go. He no, did. Not, he didn't give them the motel though. I was just correcting that for you. He gave them only the town. Said the room number, but not the motel. He went next to the motel, which that's important. Go ahead and tell him why. So that so so anyway, they're going around the different motels in room seventeen. Different people going, "Who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing?" People laughing at him. Everything. Laughing at him. Oh, we left out the naked part. Oh, that was earlier. Yeah, we left out the part where he makes them. In order to let the girl go, he makes them go into a diner naked, the two boys. Yeah. And order six hamburgers each. each. And of course, the owner of the uh, of of the I knew we were something. It seemed like we were just we were going. Yeah, something was missing, and I just realized we that. have bad memory. <laughs> Plus, what I um, based my notes on on this Wikipedia page doesn't even mention it. So anyway, they go to the, uh, they go there and they do that. I don't know. Did he wind up letting the girl go? What happened to Charlotte? Did they even say? At the end, we'll talk about Charlotte. Charlotte didn't show up until the end. Oh, okay. She didn't show up till the end. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that. If not. So anyway, right now where we are, they're going around all kinds of motel rooms at room 17. And finally, he, what he has is he, he has Vanna tied up. And he has a shotgun rig to where when the door opens, it shoots her. Yeah. A double barrel shotgun. Yeah. And there's all kinds of suspense here, all kinds of Hitchcockian suspense. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to Hitchcock. They're going into the door. doors and they're going into one door and we're thinking it's the one that's going to shoot Vanna. And it's a totally different room. Turns out she's actually in room 18. Of this hotel. Well, which is actually the reverse of what happened earlier when they were in eighteen, and he and they they sent him to seventeen. Yeah, yes, so he yes, did the yes, reverse. Yes. yes. So anyway, they go. They find the back thing. Uh, uh, what's it? Foley finds uh, the back window, 
and he's trying to go in, and of course Rusty Nail's there, and it's not Ted Levine, physically. Ted Levine's only the voice. Oh my God, I just thought of something crazy. I have to mention it. The numbers just hit me. 17 and 18, think about that. About in life-wise. When you go from 17 to 18, yeah, you become being a minor. Uh, no, become, yeah. What kind of metaphor was that shit? I don't know. You 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 see that now? That yeah. changes your whole perspective. And, yeah, I think Lily uh, Serbosky. I'm never gonna pronounce that girl's name right. Lily Sobieski. Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. I think was only 17 when she filmed it, and she turned 18 during the filming. Oh, that's even so bizarre. that might be what what it, what happened. There's there. a lot of bizarreness there with the numbers. Yeah. So, um, find, you know, they find the room she's in. Rusty Nail goes to the to, into the lobby of this hotel and reports dead bodies at this motel, and the police say, "What's your name?" and he just hangs up on them. So you know, the police are coming. So what happens is um, Vanna is locked up, is is tied up with saran wrap, her hands behind her back, and tape around her face, her, her face. And uh, that thing is rigged, and the cops show up. Well, well not, not but not before he throws he throws Fuller out, and a big a rusty nail goes through his leg. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he grab he grabs it, and then he like he grabs him through the window. Because uh-huh. remember, Steve and throws Fuller it, was and in it's the, a rusty nail goes oh, through his leg. No, that was that was like ah, I felt it. I felt yeah, it. especially a rusty nail because you know all kinds of germs Ugh. and everything all over. I that. felt the pain. And so, um, at some point, Lewis comes. He goes into the thing as the cops are getting ready to go into the room where Vanna is. And he said he manages to knock her chair over before the gun goes off. But the cops is wanting to arrest him. But Fuller is out there and there's a truck coming towards him to kill him. So Lewis runs out, gets him loose from the rusty nail, and they move over, the truck goes through the whole motel. Oh yeah, it was but the cops have been shooting, so you know they they pretty much killed Rusty Nail, or so they think. Yeah. So, well, the movie ends. What did they say happened to Charlotte? Okay, so, so they do find, they do find a body of of, of a man in the front. Yeah. Like dad with whatever, and then. In the back, like in, I guess, in that little area, you know, where like they sleep, yeah. they can see her laying down, like tied up and bagged. But or she's whatever. alive. She's alive. Okay. Oh yeah, like like the the, the episode we just right exactly with the truck stop killer. So she yeah. was back there, so they're able to get her. But go ahead and tell them the ending. So anyway, there are you know. Uh, Fuller's in the, in the in the ambulance, and uh, both uh, Vanna and Lewis have some injuries and everything. And they ask him who was the, you know who he was, and they said his name's Jones, and he drives an ice truck in Wyoming. And kind of like as a little a little red flag comes up to you can kind of see on Paul Walker's face. It's like this little red flag goes up. He says an ice truck in Wyoming, and then 
the CB radio comes in as Rusty Nail. Yeah. And Rusty Nail, he got away. So the man who was dead in the front was actually that... The guy that was... The nice turn, guy that was yeah, returning, returning the car. Yeah. car. Charlotte was... And, and, um, and Rusty Nail's still out there. Rusty Nail's still out there. And there are, there are two sequels, and Rusty Nail's still out there in both sequels. They're both uh, direct-to-video. I actually never saw either one of them, because I didn't think they were going to be nearly as good as the original. Now, um, what did you think? I thought it was a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah. Very suspenseful. Um, let's look at some of the performances. Um, Steve Zahn. What you thought of Steve Zahn? I always... I, okay, okay. Steve Zahn. Okay, I, I, I always have had a crush on Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn, even if he does a horror film, there's just a certain le level of levity and humor and things that he brings to any performance. Yeah, he's always... Yeah, yeah. He's He brings like a... Um, yeah, he he's kind of he's kind of like he's a bright side. He does a really good comedy relief, but he's not a bad dramatic actor. Oh, he's either. actually a great actor, and and, and that's a, and that's what I'm actually liking. I think we're moving away. I don't know if you've noticed this uh, and have appreciated this, but as we're moving through time, the clear cut line between what we think is dramatic acting and comedic acting is really getting blurred. Yeah. And I'm okay with that, because that's fucking life. And Steve Zahn is definitely one of those people that can actually go either way with it. Now, um, a tragic person, uh, the late Paul Walker, he was, um, he went away, he later went on to, to greater fame with the Fast and Furious films, and several other films. And this, and this movie had a lot to do with setting him up for that. Yeah, because yeah, this was kind of like his big breakout role. It's ironic how that he died in the car accident, and I know his biggest movies had to do with cars, the yep. Fast and Furious movies, and this one. Yeah, and um, it's a shame he, you know, we lost him. He was only forty years old. He had a lot of lead man years ahead of him because with a man, forty years old is still young for an actor. For some strange reason, it's old for an actress. And they really did. I mean, I know some people don't like always the comparison, but he really did have a classic Hollywood look to him. Yeah, he's been compared to James Dean, especially with the way he died and everything. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you really look at it, he really has even a classic style of acting. Like, if you watch this movie, you'll notice his form of act. Like, each one are very different, but they all work together. You know, the person yeah. that, but they're all very different, say, in their type of acting. And I find him as a very class. He was a very classic kind of actor. Um, Lily Sorbis right? Okay, like we see Steve Zahn bringing the levity to something, Lily Sobieski always seems to bring the gravity of the situation to the more. And she's the most grounded of the actors, right? Like, like it's like. When you feel you need that sense of like you need to have a wake up call in the like she brings it she really brings that sobriety to the situation like this is what's going on <laughs> like like you even feel like she's making the other two uh, character like with this character she's making the other two characters feel like y'all fucked up okay <laughs> but this yeah. is what we have to do now okay now uh, also there's some alternate footage. There's a 29-minute-long alternate ending and four other short alternate endings. I guess they're on the uh, DVD. 
and the main one features Rusty Nail's shotgun suicide, have him suicide, and bodies found in the by the police in his trailer. And one fe uh, featured Rusty Nail being arrested, and another being beaten in a fight with both with, with both Thomas's brothers, and another where he is blown up on his truck. Another one saw Rusty Nail get run over by his own truck. The ending featured in the actual theatrical cut of the film is the only one where Rusty Nail lives. Yeah. And there are numerous deleted scenes. There's an alternate ending where Rusty's truck explodes and you see the water tower uh, truck as it burns. But I think this ending that was kept in the mo the actual movie well, was the best. Well, they were able to do those that, and they were able to do the sequels. They wouldn't have been able to do the sequels. Yeah. No, but I like it just... Okay, if y'all really watch that, the way the Rusty Nail character's taken... The fact that you, for most of the movie, don't even really even see him, and then when you do see him, you don't really get to see his face at first. That was very Hitchcock. Then, when you do see his face, it's in darkened glimpses or quick quick shows on a frame, but that's it. And so, the, the limited exposure of what he looks like visually on film, being that limited, makes it creepier because what it does what it does for the viewer if we think about the psychological if we can see the face of the killer we're going to try to find a way to humanize them if we don't see them they stay as a monster in our mind and that's really that really actually i give that so much credit on the on on the filmmaking oh here's another thing they they um they weren't they, they weren't sure whether they wanted to have uh, uh, Vanna have be romantically revolved with Fuller or or Lewis. So they shot romantic scenes with both of them, but they decided to leave to, to cut both of them, and that gives her a kind of like you never know who you don't know who she. Well, the weird part is is they allude. They allude to the possibility midway they, that kind of at that one hotel right after they right when they kind of have picked up Vina. This is right before the thing, and she's in her own room and all, mm -hmm. and, and and Fuller goes see. They allude. There's an alluding at that hotel that there could be a possibility of some interest or some chemistry on both sides with that with them. The only problem is I feel like the movie finishes with her clearly with. Um, Lewis. So. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so the Joyride opened theatrically on October 5th, uh, 2001, in 2,497 venues. It earned $7.3 in its opening weekend, and then it ranked number five in the U.S. box office. By the end of its run, it had grossed $22 million in the U.S. and $14.7 million overseas for a worldwide total of $36.6 million. And um, on a, on Rotten Tomatoes, a review aggregator, how do you pronounce that? The film has a 74% approval rating based on 114 reviews with an average rating of 6.6 out, out of 10. And it, the website's critics say it's a well-constructed B-movie thriller. Joyride keeps up the necessary level of tension and chills. Critics also like Zahn's performance as a goofball older brother, and on uh, Metacritic, 
The film has weighed an average score of 75 out of 100 based on 31 critics, inciting generally favorable reviews. And the two say uh, and an average grade of B plus on an A plus to F scale. And the two sequels, Joyride 2 and two, uh, Dead Ahead in 2008, and Joyride 3 Roadkill in 2009. Now, okay, we're going to rate it. Uh, how many shutters do you give open? Uh, do you give a Joyride out of five? Four out of five. I actually decent, yeah. decently enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I'd say four out of five. Also, the acting was really good. The um, the acting was really good. The, the, the suspense was excellent. The production value. They, yeah, they good. used all the tools. And yeah, to do it. Not seeing Rusty Nail, but hearing <coughs> Ted Levine's voice. That is probably the biggest was, props for the movie. Was it was because Ted Levine did a really good job doing in providing that voice. Oh yeah, and because he has a scary voice. Oh yeah, yeah, he has a really really creepy kind of voice. So anyway, I would say. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters, on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook business page is Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Our um, our Facebook group is the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Our Patron, which we have three tiers of, of support, Antoinette Frank. The entry level, which is five dollars a week, five dollars a month. The Axeman, which is ten dollars a month, that's our mid level, and our premium is twenty five dollars a month. It's the most pricey, but you get the most good shit from it. That's www.patreon.com forward slash open shutters. Uh, you want to email us? We, we, you know, we'd like to be emailed with a certain amount of. Um, of different types of uh, ideas. I'd even like, you know what I'd like to get? I'd like to get some listener tales. I'd like to do a whole episode of stories that our listeners send to us. Ooh, that would be nice. Yeah, because there's, so there's some other podcasts that do that, and yeah. it's it's pretty interesting. I would like to see, you know, you guys, you have a paranormal story, or a brush with uh, a serial killer, you know, or any kind of problems, you know. Uh, stories kind of like my, um, something like my, my ghost cab story is probably classic. I was even thinking about sending that in as a listener tale for, at another podcast. Oh, yes. Even though we, we covered it on this podcast. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'd like to hear from you. It's openshutters at yahoo.com. It's openshutters at yahoo.com. And we really would like you guys to go to our Apple page and review us on Apple. Give us a nice rating. And even if you don't like us and think we suck, still review us, and we will read all the reviews on the air, on on the podcast. So this was a really short one. We all, we, we we clocking in it at just about a half hour. So anyway, oh <laughs> yeah, enjoy the view on the open shutters. But don't fall out the window onto a rusted nail unless you want to go get a fucking tetanus shot from the hospital. Yeah, unless you're a, a creepy tr- truck driver. Oh, or that. Yeah, you can you, you fall on all the rest of it. So uh, next week, what are we reviewing next week? Uh Oh, movie? We're going to be doing road games. 
Road Games. That's a classic. A classic. And we're going to be looking also at the, uh, like we mentioned before, we're going to be doing on the regular episode, The Freeway Killer, William Bonin. So tune on in and don't fall out that window now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, all right? Oh, wow. For Hansel and, Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You have the DVD Yeah. She basically has sex with it, somehow. Foreplay. Yes. She's chair foreplay. I mean, they knocked it out of the park, which is why it's my number three. Oh! I mean, I wouldn't be in it, because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, that's you why has one, right. It has one. You would one have that. three lines of dialogue. No, she has one three. Oh. Okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Anyway, we're not. Phoenix, too. So, no. No. Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective ex-detective phillips's dick okay but we don't okay i i know all of those words were english but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them i'm I, lost I'm not, I'm not following the arrangement <laughs> of them very well for those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.